the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Blast. Deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Pires. 13-yard gain here on fourth down. And right now, not looking good. Trubisky's going to run it. So Jake Bentley chased and dropped the 15-yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, steve has got him up. A slam. But Blair, he's got Payne Wood, too. He did it. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Reminding you about the Under the Hood podcast wherever you download your podcast. If you can't hear this show in its entirety for all three hours, if you miss a segment, miss a special guest, that's why you download and subscribe. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I'd love for you to subscribe. That way you never miss an episode right into your device of your choosing. Glad to have you in here on this Monday as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. Yeah, I played that earlier. Strong, trusted. First Midwest Bank. I mean, nothing against Wu-Tang. I'm just saying that we just got to move it along. You got to mix it up. You know, that's how we had to do it here. Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears for ESPN at ESPN 1000. We'll hear from J.D. His thoughts about the Bears as camp opens up very, very shortly. A few days, camps will be opening over at Bourbon A. So we'll hear from Jeff Dickerson here this half hour. Also, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between, and Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill, not an NBA talk, not this time. Kendall Gill is going to be with us because he called the Pacquiao-Thurman fight uh, on Saturday with Ray Flores from Las Vegas. So we're just going to get his thoughts about what he thought of that fight and can we get a Thurman-Pacquiao 2 electric boogaloo. We'll find that out from Kendall Gill coming up this hour here on ESPN 1000. Time now for the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. And we working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds. And Barkley takes it. 
summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the handle and takes off. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. Nobody gives you the coverage of football. Like the summer of football. 8 o'clock weeknights here on ESPN 1000, ESPN app. Follow me on Twitter, Twitter.com, Tweet J Hood. We give you something college. We give you something pro. We give you something fantasy. Tonight, we give you something bears. We'll give you something pro. We're hear from J.D. coming up in a little bit, his thoughts about the Bears. But before we hear from J.D., you know, I don't know. I'm just, for someone that has worked every day since 1978, apparently, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, Felix. I'm feeling good. You know why? Because not only did we just have the Baseball uh, Hall of Fame, which is my one of my favorite weekends on the sports calendar, but as I told you, I said this uh, on Dickerson and Hood, I think, last weekend. I said that you know it's football season when you get Mike Sando's piece regarding the quarterback tiers. Little did I know Mike Sando no longer works for the company. But that's neither here nor there. He's with TheAthletic.com, but he still took his tiers with him. <laughs> God bless him. I mean, he could have took the job and said, ah. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that nonsense talking to all these different GMs and former players about quarterback tiers. But thank goodness we have it here. The quarterback tiers. You know why I love it? It's a month of content. <laughs> you don't think I'm not, I'm not going to just talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about this all summer because it's interesting to break down. So give me a little, uh, give me a little football music here, Eric, and we're going to go through the tiers until we get to our guy. Chris Berman, 25 years with TJ. Okay. So, tier one when it comes to quarterbacks. Eric, you tell me. Felix, you tell me whether or not you feel this is accurate or not. Okay. I'm going to go through the tiers and you tell me where it's wrong. I'm going to start first with tier one, then I'll stop. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, tier one, according to Mike Sando from TheAthletic.com, and again, this is just based on 55 NFL coaches and executives contributed to this survey this year by placing all veteran starting quarterbacks into five tiers and then offering insights into their thinking. Tier one is reserved for the best, while tier five is so poor that uh, no starters receive the majority of votes in that tier this year. Okay, A little bit different than the years past. He went to the athletics, so he changed it up a little bit. But still, tiers, though, it's pretty solid. Right, Eric? It's still good, right? It's still good. I'm, right? gl- I'm glad tiers are still with us. I'm so happy for tiers. Month of content. I'm just going to carry it around <laughs> in my bag. I'm going to take this everywhere I go. I'm going to take this to the dinner table. I'm going to take this, put this in my car. Tier one, Aaron Rodgers is number one, number one quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Followed by Tom Brady at number two. Followed by Drew Brees at number three from the New Orleans Saints. Patrick Mahomes is number four on this list, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Andrew Luck is number five. Philip Rivers is number six. Number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine is Matt Ryan. Number 10 is Carson Wentz. 
Let me just stop right there. What do you think of that 10 so far? Is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback in the NFL? Eric. Easily argued that he's, in my opinion, he is the best quarterback. So, like, I, I think that is an easy argument for him or Tom Brady as the best quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely. Okay. Felix, do you think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no argument there. Well, again, here's what we got to look at with this. He could be the number one quarterback in the NFL, but I think that we have to really keep a, an eye here on what's going to happen this season because of the new head coach in Matt LaFleur. And we talked about this last week when it comes to these tiers, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers could be the best, but he has to be able to audible and do what he wants to do. And if LaFleur is going to stop him from doing that, he might be the best, but he might underachieve. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with it. And this is no shot at Tom Brady either because, as you mentioned, you guys said interchangeable Brady or Rodgers, Rodgers, Brady. It's fine. So what I just went through for you when we talk about the top quarterbacks, you know, those two, Brady speaks for himself because he's the greatest of all time. Uh, even me as a Gen Xer cannot give you Montana and uh, anymore. I can't give you John Elway anymore. I, I held fast on John Elway for a long time. Can't do it. Brady just is the best. And the reason why that Brady continues to be the best is he's never had the very, very, very best talent. Belichick's never had the very, very, very best talent. Never have. 2007 maybe is the closest to that. But ultimately, look at the receivers that he's thrown to. He's thrown to accountants. I mean, yeah, you're right. Literally. Though, huh? yeah. All right. So, so Belichick's and Brady. And by the way, you can't look at those two and say, mm, you know, anybody can coach the Patriots to a victory. That's not true. You just can't say, well, you know, it's just Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, he's just making the right reads because it's a system. No, because they've changed it up a lot. They just got guys that have been underwhelming as receivers on on paper, but in that system, the way Belichick and Brady work. There's no doubt that the coaching and the quarterbacks, the the way that team is run is just uh, it's it's far away better than anybody else in the NFL. Yeah, how about this? I read this in Peter King's article today. This is the twentieth year that Brady and Belichick have started training camp together. Twenty years in a row of Belichick and Brady. I don't think we'll ever have a coach and a quarterback be together for twenty years. No. Two and decades. They may not even be getting getting along. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nope. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so so again, for the, for those just joining us, the quarterback tiers from the athletic. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Patrick Mahomes is fourth. Arrow pointing up for all those guys. Every one of those guys. Andrew Luck, arrow pointing up. However, I believe just between you and I, I think the NFL fans or NFL media is desirous for Andrew Luck to do well. I totally agree with that. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. like they want him to replace Tom Brady. Like they want and need that. I totally believe that. I work with Mike Wells from NFL Nation this weekend. He was in for JD. Like I told him, I said, there's a reason why the ESPN article talked about the, in the next three years, who's going to be the best team in three years. They had the Colts. Why? Not, not very good defensively, better offensive line. You know, luck's good, and lucky deserves to be in this top tier, but desirous for him to do well. Uh, and I don't know why, <laughs> but but they just do. They do, like, exactly. Uh, Philip Rivers, as I mentioned, Rivers with the bolo tie. Um, ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson is eight, and so that's the top eight. Now, here's tier two. Matt Ryan, Falcons. Carson Wentz, Eagles. 
Matt Stafford, Lions. <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson, tied for 12th with Jared Goff. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 14th. And that's tier two. Felix, which one do you have a problem with in tier two? I just feel like tier two has a lot of question marks. So you have Matthew Stafford there. He's he's shown, he's proven the last couple of years with the yards, the touchdowns and all that. The Deshaun Watson, I think a lot of his issues has been obviously the offensive line. We know how good Deshaun Watson is, mm-hmm. but Bill O'Brien has kind of been holding him back a little bit because if you watch the way that offense develops, it's not as it's not as um it's not as exciting or explosive as other offenses we've seen. So Bill, that, Bill, Bill O'Brien's a, a bottom 10 coach correct. in the NFL. And that's what makes it hard because we want to see that Deshaun Watson. So that's why I, I would put a question mark there. But I think he has the talent to be there for sure. Um, so, Eric, what do you think? I don't think Goff should be this high. That's my solid. Like, in, in this Tier 2, I don't think Goff is a Tier 2 quarterback. Goff's a Tier 3 quarterback, yeah, is he not? I, I think him and Trubisky is the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. That's what I think oh, they are. Oh, oh, that's really rough. I think they're so similar. I think without a creative offensive play caller, they're both just guys. Can I tell you something else? Baker Mayfield, too high. That's Agreed. too high. We don't We've know anything about him yet. Just one season. Now again, going through the t- the tier two quarterbacks, Mayfield, Goff, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford. That's fine. It's, it, you want, want to make him a tier two quarterback? That's fine. Carson Wentz, fine. He's got to stay healthy. Matt Ryan, tier two, fine, fine. But those other two, too high. Goff is there because he took his team to the Super Bowl. That's pretty much why he probably jumped in that tier. And still, is still a, a tier three quarterback. Correct. As we do summer of football on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. So we went through tier two. Tier three, Cam Newton is the top of tier three. Kirk Cousins is in tier three. Dak Prescott is in tier three, the Cowboys quarterback. Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers, Derek Carr from the Oakland Raiders, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco now part of the Denver Broncos, Andy Dalton, <laughs> Bengals. Jameis Winston, Bucks, Eli Manning, and then Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, and Mitch Trubisky. Wow. Trubisky is in Tier 3, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? That's where he belongs. Because just like Jared Goff, Trubisky should also be trying to, to strive to be a legit Tier 2 quarterback. And here's what it says about Trubisky. This will sting the nostrils, Bear fans, okay? While some voters expressed serious concerns about Trubisky's outlook, reviews were generally more favorable than his 25 ranking might indicate because he's number 25 overall out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got a really good arm, and he can make the great throw. He is a good deep ball thrower. He's not afraid to stand in the pocket. He's not afraid of the noise of getting hit, which is a good sign, according to some offensive coordinator. I just don't think he really knows what's going on yet. <laughs> well, he's got a good arm. He can run. Just doesn't know if he's playing football or if he's out there playing something else. He just said he was dumb. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Much, much is made of Trubisky's relative inexperience. He attempted 572 passes during his college career. That's a small number, but it's more than the 2019 number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. Trubisky now has 
26 starts. Let's take a look at it. I mean, simple numbers. 26 starts, he's 15 and 11. Now, those games traces largely to Chicago allowing 17.4 points per game in those 26 outings, the lowest over the past two seasons for any quarterback with at least 10 starts during that time. He's a three, and I like what I see, but he's more in the Andy Dalton category to me, according to former GM. So put this on the poll at ESPN 1000. Is Trubisky the same, worse, or better than, than Andy Dalton? That's that's a rough one. That is a rough one. Like that, if that's his ceiling, we're in, like Chicago's in, in real trouble. If that Andy Dalton is is Trubisky's what he ends up being, then they better not sign him to that max quarterback franchise deal. Sam Darnold's a little too high for me. Still has to prove it. Mariota is make or break. Jameis is make or break. Both of those two. If Jameis doesn't make this work, which he won't in Tampa, this is the end. As it should be. He's had plenty of opportunities. Eli is. is should be third tier. I think that's fair. Andy Dalton's fair. Joe Flacco's fair. Even with the ring. Third tier. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now. Derek Carr, arrow pointing up. Fair. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off the injury. Nick Foles. Dak Prescott. I argued about Prescott. I was trying to get him in the number two tier, but Felix shouted me down and said that he should be a number three tier guy. So there I'm not is fight a guy him. in this tier that I think he should be two. Easy. And that's Cam Newton. I would rather have Cam Newton than Goff, than Mayfield, than Watt. Like, all these guys are trying to become Cam Newton, That's in fair. my opinion. Only thing I'm worried about is his shoulder, because he had that shoulder issue at the end of last season. But to me, Watson would love to be Cam Newton. For him to be that many slots up, I think that's outrageous. That's more than fair, actually. Cam gets, he gets slack for wrong things all the time. That's fair. I'm not going to fight you on that. Cam has been long, around long enough to be more than a third-tier quarterback, but that's interesting. And Tier 4 is Lamar Jackson, who's still got to be able to throw the football and run it because he runs it tremendously. Josh Allen is – I'm never never as a fan of Josh Allen with Buffalo. Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins. Case Keenum now with the Redskins. Uh, Josh Rosen, the arrogant Josh Rosen, um, and that's it. The Dolphins with two top four, was it, the four-tier yeah. quarterbacks? Yikes. That's it. And that's tier four is fair. I mean, well, here's the thing. Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson are not the same? No? Okay. <laughs> People just, love Darnold for what he can be. Again, he hasn't proven a thing to me either yet. You're listening to ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood with you. For a summer of football, Jeff Dickerson was on ESPN Radio this weekend with Emmett Golden, and uh, they were able to talk to J.D. about some of the storylines around the Chicago Bears. National J.D., as good or better than local J.D. Listen. Got to start here, and I don't mean to open up a, a, a wound, but have the Bears found a kicker yet? <laughs> uh, I would say no. I think the answer to that is no, and that's really the the big issue kind of clouding training camp when the Bears report this upcoming week. I mean, this is a team that made the playoffs last year, won 12 games. If you go position by position, if you look at our, our pro football focus rankings on ESPN.com, the Bears had the fifth best roster, according to pro football focus in the NFL, yet at the kicker position, there's no conclusion. And Robbie Gold re-signing with San Francisco takes one option off the table, so there are two guys right now that are going to, going to be in camp this upcoming week, Elliot Pinheiro, I'm sorry, uh, Pinheiro and Elliot Fry. And uh, there's, there's just no way of knowing, you know, if either of these guys are going to be the one that, that to win the job, uh, stay on the roster, 
Are the Bears going to have to go hunting for a, a, a new kicker when the cuts start happening in training camp in a couple of weeks? So, so no, it is a sore subject in Chicago. Emmett, as you know, and uh, there is, uh, there's no solution right now uh, in sight for the Bears, unfortunately, at that spot. Well, I'm going to piggyback on on that question, and it maybe th- and maybe that is the answer to this question. But with having the coach of the year, with having Trubisky, and have the incredible D line that they have, it seems like the odds are in their favor to take it all. But I know every team has their weaknesses. So, what areas do you think that they need to improve in? I guess outside of kicker, um, sure. in order for them yeah. to just take it all. Sure, no problem. Yeah, Rachel, and I, and I think Trubisky is is a big question mark. Oh, okay. I thought you saw some some growth from him last year. But what people have to remember is, you know, last year Matt Nagy was able to cover up for some of his deficiencies because he is a very innovative play caller. And the scheme, I believe, for the Bears is, is very sound. I mean, it's the Andy Reid scheme that Nagy brought from Kansas City to Chicago. But, you know, Trubisky is going to have to take that, that next step. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. I think so much of the season, aside from the kicker, you know, hinges on the quarterback. If he can become an above-average quarterback in this league, the Bears, with that defense, if they don't regress, they're going to be very tough to beat. So I think quarterback number one. But also number two, and people don't want to talk about this much in Chicago, You know, Vic Fangio was in Denver holding very entertaining press conferences for the Broncos media this week because they're already at training camp. Vic Fangio was a mastermind for the Bears. He pushed every button the right way. Even when the Bears had subpar talent on defense, they overachieved, I feel, because of Fangio. So he's gone. Chuck Pagano steps in. Now, Pagano is obviously a you know, former head coach, very respected around the league and everything. He's got the credentials. But can that defense you know, play at the same level under Pagano that it did under Fangio? If the quarterback is right, if the defense stays about the same, and if they can find a, a, a goddarn kicker, uh, the Bears are in great shape this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to GTL on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Rachel Lindsay. This is the NFL Nation Takeover brought to you by Sirius XM. We're talking to Jeff Dickerson, host of Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio, also covers the Bears for ESPN. J.D., is the NFC North the best division in football? And if not, which division is? No, that's a great question, Emmett. I mean, I don't know if it is right now. I think the Bears are solid. I wonder about the Packers with Matt LaFleur coming in. I mean, that was a team that was really down last year. I never count out Aaron Rodgers, of course, but I think there's a question mark there. Um, the Lions are, I hate to say this, but kind of always the Lions. You know, one year they might be okay, then they kind of fade back. To me, the Vikings are the real interesting team. You know, I was in Minnesota for Week 17 last year, and the Vikings had a chance to make the playoffs if they beat the Bears. The game was meaningless for Chicago, and the Bears waxed them. I mean, blew the doors off the place. So that was a Minnesota team that really underachieved last year with Kirk Cousins. If they play up to expectations this year, that could be a team worth watching. So I don't want to give the nod to the Bears. I'm sorry, for the NFC North, because outside of the Bears, I'm not entirely sure. That's a great question. I mean, I would always sort of, maybe lean towards the AFC West. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Chiefs. But I think the Chargers are going to be good again this year with Phillip Rivers, who just never seems to age. It's unbelievable what he's doing at his age. So I wouldn't go NFC North, but if the Vikings are as what they're supposed to be, I think it will be one of the tougher divisions, maybe just not the best. Uh, one position I didn't hear you mention was running back. And seeing how they traded Jordan Howard to, of all teams, Philadelphia Eagles for 2020s, was a six-round pick. 
Uh, how, where do they stand as, as far as running back? Are you concerned about that position? Do you think they filled it accurately? Or uh, where, do you think they'll be successful there? Well, they did a lot of work at running back in the offseason. So, yes, so Jordan Howard is gone. They signed Mike Davis, who's kind of a veteran, all-purpose back. He'll be in the mix. And they drafted David Montgomery. The Bears did not have. It was the, the most boring uh, draft weekend coverage for me of my entire career, I think. The Bears did not have a pick until the third round. So I'm sitting there like, what's going on? But, but it, was, it was actually good for them because those picks went to Khalil Mack, of course, the year before, to the Raiders. Um, so they drafted David Montgomery, who is someone out of Iowa State that they're very high on. So David Montgomery is going to play a lot, Mike Davis, and then there's Tariq Cohn, who might be the most valuable player on the entire offense. He does it all. He, he runs the ball. He catches passes. He's good on special teams. So I just think Jordan Howard wasn't a great fit for the style of offense that Matt Nagy wanted to run because Jordan Howard did not catch the ball well. If you're going to be successful in this offense as a running back, you've got to catch the ball out of the backfield. And that was not Jordan Howard's strength. So I think that you know Howard had some good years in Chicago, no doubt, put up some good numbers. I think a change of scenery was best for both parties, but they did do a lot of work to get that position right. And I think with Cone, Montgomery, and Davis just off the top, I think the Bears are, are looking pretty good, barring injury, at the running back position. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Rachel Lindsay. This is GTL on ESPN Radio. Jeff Dickerson is our guest. He's the host of Dickerson and Hood, also covers the Bears for ESPN NFL Nation. Uh, J.D., before we let you go, who you got winning the NFC North? I'm going to go with the Bears. Not to sound like a homer, uh, because I would never have picked the Bears in the previous years. I mean, under the John Fox regime, you could see this team is going to win two or three games every single year, you know, by May, and that was very depressing. Um, they're a good team, and I think Matt Nagy is an excellent coach. It's a good roster, but they got to have the right health. If they suffer injuries at key positions long term, now last year there were still a few, um, you know, Trubisky missed a couple of games, Khalil Mack missed a couple of games, Allen Robinson, but nothing was season ending. If they can avoid that, there's no reason they should not win the division. If they suffer those key injuries at the key spots, the Vikings have a chance, but until that happens, I'll say talent-wise, roster-wise, the Bears are the best team in the NFC North. Rachel Lindsay and Emmett Golden talking to Jeff Dickerson. Some good answers there, as always, from our, my guy Jeff Dickerson over the weekend, giving his thoughts about the Chicago Bears. All right, coming up, we will have Tales from the Hood and also a look at the fight that took place on Saturday. Pacquiao beats Thurman. Uh, was it an upset? Was it not an upset? We will get into that in our next half hour with Kendall Gill. So we move forward here on UTH. You're listening to Jonathan Hood. I'm all in my bag as hard as it gets. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Nice to see Ryan Cheverini walking past our studios. Never looked up, never waved. It's Ryan Cheverini, everybody. Time for Tales from the Hood. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, he's too handsome of a man to be having to wave to the people. Not even this people? Not even me? No, no, he's too handsome. <clears throat> Guess so. Mm-hmm. Guess handsome, handsome knows handsome when he sees it. <laughs> right. Tales from the Hood is brought to you by... Yeah, you never called me handsome, by the way. Just a... I mean, to be honest, you're not Chevrolet handsome, though. I am. 
in some communities, not that's yours, fair. But, right. but, right, cool. just, but just not yours. Yeah, that's we all got our own tastes. Yeah. That's cool. We all got our own communities. <laughs> Tales from the Hood is brought to you by. I'm gonna get to this read. Uh, brought to you by Northwestern football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Don't miss your chance to win and watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall. As the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com and usports.com. Tales from the hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Like this story. And oh, she here she is again. <sighs> Amanda, who's 35, a bride-to-be, is excitedly planning her big white wedding and a bit to, to marry her chandelier. This woman's going to marry her chandelier. Amanda Liberty describes herself as being in an open relationship with several chandeliers and is determined to shed light on her unusual relationship. <laughs> God. Okay, so she hopes that the marriage to her favorite one will provide her the love that she's wanted. She's from Leeds, by the way. Amanda's 35. She's fallen in love with a chandelier. And so, let's hear from Amanda now, who's getting married to a chandelier. Hello, my name's Amanda Liberty. I'm in love with chandeliers, and I'm making a commitment to my favorite one, Lumiere. Love you. I first fell in love with chandeliers three years ago when I walked into an antique shop and saw Luna over there looking at me and I just had to have her and from then my love for them has blossomed into something totally amazing and something I never realised or imagined could ever happen to me yeah Uh, and the bride-to-be who had previously changed her surname by deed poll during a relationship with the Statue of Liberty, has decided to seek a commitment ceremony to her chandelier known as Lemure. Love finds a way. Always, Jonathan. Love finds a way. I don't want to hear love finds a way. <laughs> She's marrying a chandelier. It's odd. What do you think the song at the wedding is going to be? It's obvious, right? <laughs> it's obvious. God. And now we, we go now to the bedroom. Of uh, Amanda, see you. Let's give him. You have a mic there for our bedroom. Let's, let's hear. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't short out the electric or anything. Oh. <laughs> you know, it goes to that level too, which is weird. Well, yes. Like you got to consummate the marriage with the chandelier. But at least, at least she was open, and now like she's committed. So like she's no longer going to be sleeping around on Lumiere or whatever she named it. God, commitment. What has happened to this world? Wow. Really? There. I mean, this this takes away the the old saying that there's someone for everyone. But this is not even a something someone. This is a something. What the hell? Like, why not just get a pet? No. Well, not uh, a. I guess I put that in the wrong text. I mean, if you need to give your love. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) If you're that lonely. (laughs) I don't know how to put this to make it not sound terrible. If not a chandelier, why not Fido? (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? Just cut the mic off, Eric. Uh, Because you're going to say something wrong. 
You already said something wrong. Why not a pet? Uh, I meant because the I pet, meant for companionship. Because the pet bites back. <laughs> True. That's why. <laughs> God Almighty, Mister Malaprop. Every time, <laughs> like she's mirroring a chandelier. Why not a pet? Because it's that's called something. Yes, <laughs> so that's a category on you part or YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes, both. Yeah, for I, a matter of fact, I've, I've checked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. And now goes Felix. Te- Texas, <laughs> He's gone. A Texas officer rides mechanical bull while responding to a noise complaint. This is in Kilgore, Texas. One Kilgore police officer went for a wild ride after showing up to a party for a noise complaint. Officer Besser asked the party to turn down the music, but first. He had to let the partygoers know that this wasn't his first rodeo. He hopped on the mechanical bull and lasted almost 30 seconds. Hear that, Amanda? Pardon the expression. Yes. The police department joked on Facebook that it wouldn't be a memorable birthday if he hadn't shown off their bull riding skills. You know, I don't know what it is about Felix. Felix continues to find the positive police stories. It's the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, it's It's called balance, though. We go from a chandelier story to now a positive cop story. I like it. I mean, I don't know where you find positive. I mean, lately. Except if it's on live PD. I mean, like, you know, but you're finding the the positive stories. You you always find the water skiing squirrel of police stories. Lately. It's really funny. It's what was it last week was the AC when the guy calls 911 you were waiting for like this big story to <laughs> pop off and it's just, nope, you just call 911. He, he did the right thing. Texas officer rides a mechanical <laughs> bull next to a live PD. What, what is this? <laughs> it's like, it's, there's no, these have no punchline, but they're positive stories about the police. Are you work for the police? Are you trying to get more stories in? He's the propagandist for the police. Just spreading the propaganda. Thank you very much, Felix Lightfoot. <laughs> Jonathan Hood. So pay attention to my word, because it's the true fruit. Meditation is the mind. It brings the youth. It's like a verse you could never read out of a book. Dropping the line in your mind like a fish hook. On ESPN 1000. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Judge ringside, Glenn Feldman scores about 114 to 113 in favor of Keith Thurman. Judge ringside, Dave Moretti scores about 115, 112 in favor of Manny Pacquiao. And judge at ringside, Tim Cheatham sees it 115 to 112 in favor of the winner. Boxing's pride to the Philippines, the ageless wonder, the one and only current WBA welterweight champion of the world, Manny Pacman Pacquiao. Yo, it's time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Manny Pacquiao defeats Keith Thurman on Saturday and Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Kendall Gill was right there at ringside with Ray Flores calling the international version of that fight and Kendall with us here on ESPN 1000. Kendall, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay Hood. Hey, man, you are right there. It had to be a thrill, man, right next to uh, Ray Flores calling a really memorable fight. 
Yeah, um, you know, Ray, of course, is from Chicago. Is now big time in the business of, of boxing broadcasting, and uh, you know, it's great. This is my second time partnering up with him to to call fights, and you know, it was just a great experience to see one of the all time greats uh, and one of the best young fighters in the welterweight division uh, fight the other night on Saturday. What did what is it that Thurman did not do that that really stood out to you uh, in that fight? No, he did everything that he could. He, he he just had a force of nature in front of him that uh, that's legendary. You know, Manny Pacquiao came out, took the fight to him, uh, and actually I had Manny dominating the fight. And, and Manny actually outclassed Keith for the first six rounds of that fight. And then, of course, Keith showing his championship hard was able to come back in the seventh round and, and, and change the fight uh, and make it really competitive. You know, I had... The fight 115 112, the way that the uh, last two judges had it. I know Philman had it uh, 114 113 for Keith Thurman, but I don't see how he scored that fight because, you know, Keith Thurman was knocked down in the first round and then he got hit with a vicious body shot in round 10, uh, which totally gave uh, Manny Pacquiao the advantage in that fight. Thurman uh, was surprised at the hand speed and the ability for Pacquiao to have the energy that he had. I think it surprised him, the reason why he went down. If there's no knockdown in the fight, how would you have scored it? If there's no knockdown in the fight, I probably would have scored it 114-113 for Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. um, reason being is because Pacquiao was his ring generalship was great. He was he was moving. He was giving Keith Thurman angles. Uh, Keith Thurman actually hit Pacquiao more than, than Pacquiao hit him. But power punches count more than uh, total punches, and that's what Pacquiao did. Pacquiao was was on his game. I mean, that's the best I've seen Pacquiao fight in a long time. I I think that, that Keith Thurman felt like he was going to fight. A 40-year-old fighter that was at the end of his career that didn't that had a little left in the tank, but not as much as Manny Pacquiao showed on Saturday. And now, you know, Keith Thurman actually caught Manny Pacquiao with some hellacious shots, especially the straight right hand, which I thought that were, were going to affect Manny, but Manny was able to shake it off. Manny shows better in experience, and you know that's why he's an all-time great. Kendall, I, I was just surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have been because I've been seeing Pacquiao f for his entire career. But just he just looked he looked comfortable. He looked young in there. If the, if I could use that because of his side to side movement, his ability to be able to jab and get in inside on Thurman. I think that surprised me more so than anything else that he l did not look his age in there. What did you think? Right, and and and, and when you're there live and, and see it in person. It's a sight to behold because of his he was in and out. And what I was most impressed with, and I've seen Manny Pacquiao fight many times, but I've never seen him fight live and in person. I was most impressed by his footwork, his ability to get in and get out and use different angles. You know, if you were sitting there, you would never guess that this guy was 40 years old. you think he's maybe 23, 24 years old, the energy that he showed and the, his quick reflexes and things like that. And, uh, you know, I tell you, he has a whole country behind him. It seemed like it was 15,000 Filipinos in the, in the MGM <laughs> Grand the other night because that atmosphere was electric. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I want to also give, give credit to Keith Thurman, too, because he could have quit in that fight. He was hurt a couple times in the fifth round when he came back to his round. And we were actually we were stationed in Keith Thurman's corner. He seemed dejected. Like, what have I gotten myself into? But 
because of his championship pedigree, he was able to mentally get refocused and come back and make their fight competitive. All right, my friend. As always, I appreciate your time. It's going to be a Pacquiao um, at Thurman 2, right? It's going to happen. It, well, we got to get past the Floyd scenario first. <laughs> Floyd was actually at the fight. So if they can make enough money, I guarantee Floyd Mayweather will come back and give Manny Pacquiao a rematch. All right, my friend. I'm glad you spent some time with us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Kendall Gill was right there at ringside. He joins us here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. We thank you for listening, being part of the program here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Our thanks to Felix, Art B, as well as Eric on the other side of the glass. We thank you for listening. Jesse, Kendall, Quentin Richardson was with us back tomorrow, 7 to 10, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, part of the mix as well. Socks win! Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000.